0: This is the in Podcast, and we got a lot to break down. This is the post-fight breakdown of the UFC 262, of Figueroa and Neri, and let's get to the UFC 262, which to me as the card as a whole wasn't great, wasn't a great card, but the main event and the result of it and the... The back and forth of it really saved the card, in my opinion. But this gets to Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler, and uh, like we were saying, Charles Oliveira a journeyman, uh a, a path that you know is not likely seen at the UFC, where a guy goes from work his way up to losing fights, multiple fights, to win some, lose some, to getting on an amazing run over like a ten year span to get to the title shot. Now being the number one guy at one fifty five, and that's what Charles Oliveira did right so Charles Oliveira did and the way he did was exactly kind of how what I thought would happen in this fight um I knew Michael Chandler would be dangerous early and I knew because Charles Oliveira kind of stood straight up that he would be susceptible to a big right hand or a big shot and he was he was hit it was it was a tactical fight he got hit he got hurt but because of how good he is on the ground right and how calm and patient he is and how uh you know how experienced he is in the cage right experienced he is in fighting he was able to survive the rough moments of the fight that Michael Chandler was they had him in right because I think if was so someone else they'd probably go out especially from the shots when he was stuck on basically uh he was stuck like on all fours getting hit with big shots in the back of his head and I thought that I thought like right there I was like oh they're gonna call this and Chandler's gonna win but he had, he moved his head, like I just say, Alice pointed out, he moved his head at bottoms in time. He f- found an opening to spin to his back. And because he's on his back, he's so technical. Even though the way Michael Chandler got on top of him was still hitting him with good shots, it just, it's because his ground was so technical, so good on the ground, that he was able to buy himself time to survive in that moment. And just like I was saying about Michael Chandler in the pre fight, is that he's predictable. It was going to be the same thing. The way he got in the first time, that was going to be the way he had to get in every time. It's gonna be the same shot, same setup, same everything. And once Oliveira had seen it, and once he had uh Michael Chandler has stood for him too long and had the same movement, he got hit with a big left hook. And Charles Olivera's technique is very, very good. You know, probably some of the best technique I've seen as far as like uh punches and strikes, uh boxing wise, th- that I've seen in uh MMA. It's 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 good, it's beautiful. Everything he does is pretty beautiful. Um and once he had put him in, he was a true finisher and his shots because it wasn't the same shot over and over again, right? It wasn't the same shot. It was like he was picking his shots. And that's what allowed him to get the finish. And we notice Chandler, it was the same shot over and over and over again. It's at some points, even if you're hurt, you know what's coming. Right? You know what's coming. If you notice like just say like point this out there, one like say critique ahead of Canelo when he fought um Billy Joe Saunders, is he came set kept coming with the same shot when he had him hurt and Billy Joe in desperation, was able to duck it, but he wasn't even doing the proper technique. He was just getting out of the way of it because he knew it was coming because it was the same shot over and over again. His face was already broken up from the uppercut, but when he kept going to the uppercut, uh, Billy Joe was able to get under it because he knew it was coming. It was, he didn't really, in that moment, never put in another, uh, switched up the shot when he was trying to get him out of there. And that's similar to, honestly, what Chandler did to Alvarez. He had the same shot. It wasn't ever switched. It wasn't never. um... When he came into the next round, he didn't even add something different. He never switched in front of him. Never did the things I thought he'd possibly do to add more, a little more to his game. No, he just stood to what had worked. And by the time it was too late, Charles Oliver had already taken it all down. He had already knew it was coming. It was all revealed. The the, the the trick play was revealed in a way, in some sort. Even though it wasn't a trick play, but I'm just saying, like, once you've seen it, it wasn't going to happen again because he had already seen it. And that's what happened in this fight and Charles Oliveira is going to be tough out, he's going to be a tough out, and it's, fu- it's, honestly, like, him and Khabib, it's, like, to me, super interesting, it's what the fight that we thought Tony Ferguson would have been, but I think it looks like, now, even Tony Ferguson's shot, they did not look like he would have probably just got mauled by Khabib, right, he probably would have got mauled from the, the top by Khabib, but Charles Oliveira is so, 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 so good with jiu-jitsu, right, and he's so active on the ground, and, He's not afraid to go there, and he's so confident to stand up that he really is that challenge that maybe to Khabib that we've, we've been waiting for. And right when Khabib retires, he takes over. Now, does this effort bring Khabib out of retirement to fight Charles Oliveira? I think it does if Charles Oliveira can beat Conor McGregor. If he can do it in a convincing fashion, I think that would bring Khabib out of retirement for the fight. And that's where we, we, we have to wait and see, right? You have to wait and see if even Conor can beat Porter, which I'm picking Conor to do. If he beats him. And he gets Charles over Charles Overa, Who. I'm so curious to see him go stand up with Conor McGregor. I really am. Because I think technically he's one of the best I've seen in MMA. And I think Conor's one of the best te- uh, technically stand up guys I've seen in MMA. Th- those two going at it. I don't know who the favorite is on that fight. I really don't. And I know that uh, Poirier and Conor are already considered favorites when they did, like, the, early, you know, they did the early odds on it. And I, I disagree. Especially on Poirier's part. Conor's part. It's just because I think Connor's better than Poirier if he's like one hundred percent focused on the fight and one hundred percent committed to fighting, which we never know if we'll ever see that again, right? And that's just kind of speculation on my part. We're gonna see; it's gonna happen again if he beats Connor again. Then he's obviously was a better fighter. But if he beats, say, Connor beats him, right, in convincing fashion, and they go to this fight, I, I to me, it's like it's toss up. I would have to really look at a breakdown, but Charles over. He's gonna, he's gonna be able to stand up with anyone in the UFC. There's like not gonna be a guy where it's like he's gonna blow through him and stand up. It's just not gonna happen. And same thing with Connor and uh, Poirier. If he beats Connor, you know, I mean, that's a feather in his cap, but I don't think he would be favored over Charles Oliveira. Not, not in my book. So we got the see, but Charles Oliveira era is here and it he was hard earned and it was a journey and he didn't quit and he went through highs and lows to get to this point. And you could see that in his celebration, but you could see it in his confidence why is he so damn confident why is he walk with so sure himself because he earned every moment of being there he earned it he has there's no questions in his mind about him fighting his career nothing he knows what it, he he's seen the low parts and the high parts and he knows that he when he gets the high parts he had earned it and that's why you see the confidence in him like that let's get to the co-main event tony ferguson versus dariush and tony ferguson was he, he was the highlight of the selling point of this fight and um it's funny because i wonder like if nate diaz was up there right like he was supposed to be in the co-main event and they probably wouldn't have had tony ferguson even up there on the you know on the on the dais to speak right and you wouldn't have had all those quotes from him and everything like that we would have missed opportunity because tony ferguson was yeah he was he was electric up there and he was entertaining and when we got to the fight the crowd has you know embraced him and it's funny that I know Terry always been a fan favorite, but the pop like that, I just don't I don't remember it being like that for him. And it kind of reminds me of like Masvidal like recently, right? Where like the pop is there for him now. And by the time that it's funny because like by the time they get it, right? Like Masvidal is probably you know never gonna to me be fighting for a title probably ever again. And Terry Ferguson for sure is never gonna be fighting for a title ever again unless there's like a late replacement fight and he's only got like a steps up. Um, and when you get to this fight, like he i'm glad he got the send-off and we finally had you know like the quotes from him and all those things but that's what it was this was a send-off this was it this was the end of tony ferguson um dariush which i thought this would be a little bit more of a stand-up fight and it was important dariush was confident in the stand-up but i think that tony ferguson looked really uh he looked kind of like bothered in the stand-up like he looked his defense his movement I just think he just looks shot I just don't think the when you would think it's like when you get when you don't have it anymore when you don't have it anymore and the movement that you used to have it's not there anymore you got to retrain your whole body for all the things of what you can do now it's like retraining it's like learning it's like learning fighting again almost in a way because it's like okay Roy Jones right Roy Jones used to move his he, his head right and a guy and the guy would miss by a foot now when, when Roy Jones got older he moved his head uh the guy would miss by six inches right and then he got older again and the guy would be there an inch you had to relearn what his body can do and bridles never did he never relearned what his body can do he was still trying to do the things he could do when he was when they making a guy miss by a foot and tony ferguson maybe he did try to learn that i don't know it wasn't enough time though so when the guy was swinging i could see points where tony ferguson was kind of panicking because he was closer to the shots than he'd ever been before right and Darius was you know, a lot of people see a lot of people say like, "Didn't Darius look nervous and everything?" You can't buy like all that pre-fight stuff. It's it's just there's just not a lot to buy. Some people aren't good at it. It's a skill in its own right. And Darius looked very confident in the ring. And then when he got into the mat, which is Darius is is his best. It's what he's best at is on the mat. And he got to the mat. He just it it was a guy. Even, like you say, like, guys washed, right? You, could, I'm learning. I, I learned something. You you, you can be washed on the ground. And I was thinking about, like, I've done jiu-jitsu slightly, right? But I remember there's days where you show up and you don't really have anything, right, to offer. And everything you do is, like, slow and it's, like, you guy gets get the top of you and you just don't have the energy to get that, like, that pop, to pop him off to get you in a better position. You don't have that. That's what 24x look like. He didn't have that. Now he had knowledge to survive certain things, or just toughness of gutting out his knee getting destroyed, but he didn't have that oomph anymore to get to a better position. That part was done, and he was shot, and that was it. Darius did what he had to do. Darius has been on, been winning on a winning streak, right? Been doing everything he needs to do to get to this position that he's finally in right now, and he's gonna take a little break, whatever. Not really taking breaks to fight at the end of the year. You know what I mean? That's what he's saying. End of the year, beginning of next year, which is which is fine, right? Because the lightweight title is occupied for, for sure the next six months lightweight title is occupied. So it's a perfect moment. He got the big win over Ferguson. People know who he is now. He's a name to the MMA community. Now he can come in, let everything play out, let Gaethje fight who he's going to fight, let Connor uh, Poirier play out, let uh, Charles Oliveira find his next opponent. And then come in and be like, we need a whole new thing of opponents now, right? We cleaned out the thing because Poirier, right? He loses to Connor, right? It's gonna be hard for him to get a title shot again. Uh, Gaethje loses again; it's it hard for him to get a title shot again. Uh, Ferguson's out. Uh, Chandler says he, you know, he wants back a title shot. Um, he's gonna have to earn that. It's gonna be tough, tough slating. All these guys to beat each led Darius with the biggest win of his career in the dominant fashion let him let it play out let it see what happens let us see how it plays out but Tony Ferguson is done and it was uh it was a memorable career it was he was one of the more entertaining fighters to watch uh, but those flaws in there which were always there and I pointed them out and I always was never confident that he was a top top guy because of those flaws there stood out more like Dean Thomas pointed out in one of the rounds where they pulled it up to him he he, put, he pointed that out and he doesn't have the also the pop and the the, the speed and explosion that he once had. He's, he's just, his body has said no more. And it was a fun ride. And it was, uh, never got the Khabib fight. But I think even a 24% of his best would never beat Khabib. And that's what I think I saw from those fights. Is that he was dominated on the ground. And that's what Khabib was going to do to him. Put him on the ground. Let's get to the boxing card. Which was probably, I got to go back and look. But it's probably the best boxing card of the year. Is what I saw. And let's go to the main event, Luis Neri, right, versus Brandon Figueroa, which was a guaranteed war. Like, everyone knew it going into this fight. This was a guaranteed war. And this was the best fight of the weekend. UFC, everything, this was the best fight of the weekend. Um, Luis Neri, you knew he was going to need a Lance Lane big on Figueroa, right? You Figueroa was going to walk in on him, and you knew Luis Neri he was going to need a Lance Lane big to change the uh, momentum of the fight what i said about this fight is it wasn't about the scorecards of this fight it was about the momentum because so if some people had louis were winning right and I, I think i started early on in this fight i was like throw the scorecards out it's not gonna matter right this fight's gonna end in a vicious stoppage just the way it was going to go right the way the fight the way they were landing everything so you had to start i started looking at just like the momentum of it and i knew that brennan figueroa right even though luis neri was he was in there he was landing shots he was swimming in very choppy water and he was swimming good starting early right he's landing shots big shots but he started noticing that for him to stay above float, he started taking more and more effort. And you can see in his face the wilting and the swellingness in the shots. And Brandon Figueroa, maybe Luis Neary's shots, like they looked like they were coming more often because they're so wide, you can really see them, right? But Figueroa was just landing big shots on the inside, and they, they took less moment to get there. So when Luis Neary did a combo of three punches, there was a big shot from Brandon Figueroa on the middle of those three punches. Even if those three punches landed, there was a big shot that we weren't... To me, the commentators weren't taking account for in those shots. And Brandon Figueroa looked like he was two weight classes above Luis Neri. And you get those fighters, like I was telling you, like Chavez Jr., right, where maybe his talent isn't good enough, right, to be world champ. But because he was blessed at where he could make a uh, weight, where he actually looks like he's two sizes bigger, right? He could make at a young age, make those weights. Like Chavez Jr. made 160 pounds. So he was devastating because you couldn't hurt him. And he would break you with big giant shots slowly, right? That's what Brand Figueroa was doing. He's breaking you with big giant shots because he could still make this weight 122 pounds. And he got to Louis and And I could see it as Louis Neri was trying to hold him up. He could see it. And he was in his mind, he was thinking if I don't hurt him with one of these shots, it, it's going to be over for me. And that's what it was. And the big, bo- two big, vicious body shots. And you've seen it right before right before the shots happened, right luis Neri had complained about a shot behind the head and he tried to walk away and go in the corner right and that was the tell that he was being broken that he was looking for something to buy him some time to get some air get a breather to stop the action that was happening and what happened the ref said nope come back and 10 seconds later he was on the floor and the fight was over on the fight before that, and I'm not skipping over the fight, I'm just saying, Danny Roman f- beat Ricardo Franco, which I told you was going to happen, because Danny Roman was just better at R- Ricardo Franco at anything that he de- wanted to do. Whatever Ricardo Franco wanted to do, Danny Roman was better than. Him. But I was looking at these three guys, right, at 122 pounds. You got Luis Neri, you got Brandon Figueroa, and you got uh, Danny Roman. And to me, you can mix-match these guys all day, they're going to be great fights. And they have a style of, you know, not a lot of footwork, not footwork, but not a lot of movement. Putting power in their shots, bearing the body, and kind of fighting in front of someone, right? They all, three of these guys do it. And of these guys, the best one, probably, to me, is Danny Ramon. He's the best one at doing it. And they're all looking to really challenge, right? Uh, cool boy staff. Steph, Stephen Fulton. Right? And Steve Fulton, to me, is the best guy of the... of If you put these guys in there, Steve Fulton's the best guy. So who's going to challenge him, right? Well, Brandon Figueroa's going to challenge him. But let's say if he had all the three guys fight each other. Luis Neri Brandon Figueroa, and Danny Roman. I think probably Danny Roman would come out uh, come out of that, the winner. Right? If they all fought each other and did like a double elimination type tournament, or whatever. I think Danny Roman would come out the winner. But I think the guy that has the best chance against Cool Boy Staff is Brandon Figueroa. Right, even though that he wouldn't even be the best for his style or anything like that, it's because the attributes he's going to bring to the ring with the size, and he's going to be able to walk through shots that cool that's going to put on him, and over time will it break cool after That he cannot hold them off him. That's the best shot that they have because I think if Danny Roman fights him, I like think cool that would outbox him, right? And Danny Roman's a very good boxer. He can do things, but it's just his because of his feet, right? In this the um. He's not, gonna, he's not a fast lateral mover, not fast going backwards or forward. Cool Boy Steph is going to be able to tee off on him. He'll be able to tee off on him. And he'll be able to get away from the action when he needs to. And then Luis Neary, sim- similar, right? W- worse leg movement. Gets hit with more shots. But Baron Frick leg movement's not the best, right? But he could fight from the outside. He does have more, longer reach. And when he does get on the inside, he's stronger, Right? And we did see uh, Leo, who's kind of similar. He's big. He's kind of long. He did get on boy's death at moments. He pushed him back at moments. It wasn't enough. But Bran Figueroa is bigger, stronger, and hits harder than Leo. He the attributes of that make that interesting fight. So that's the next fight, and that's uh that's a, really good fight. That's a really big fight. That's be a big fight. And I, I mean, like, big as in, like, the whole world will be watching. No, it's not going to be that. But in the boxing community, right, and the guys that know and the the fans of uh, Brand Figueroa and the fans of Cool Boy stuff, that this is a fight, is it's an easy build, right? The guy's big. He comes forward. brand Figueroa, let's see if he can add um, some more elements to his game that he's actually capable of, right? He can actually can find the outside. He has the stance for it. He has the length for it. Uh, he, I can see it. You can see it. He just doesn't. Trust 100% to use it in the ring. I, I used to, when I, you know, I did some boxing, right? But when I used to, I I could go, I was orthodox, right? But I could go southpaw. And in training, I could do it fairly easily. I could hit pads, bag, everything. But because mentally I didn't fully believe in it, then I would rarely use it like in a sparring session, right? If I used in a sparring session, I had to be much better than the guy. Because I didn't have the confidence in it that it would last when I fought a guy that was at my skill level or above my skill level. I didn't have the confidence in it to use it. That's what Brandon Figueroa. I feel like in the when he falls through the fight with a little bit of distance, he doesn't have the hundred percent confidence of it. And when you don't have that, it tires you out. Um You feel like you're gonna lose the round or give up time. And Brandon is not looking to lose anything because he's not looking just to win rounds. He's looking to win the momentum and to apply his will on the fight. And if when he's not applying his will, well, he feels like he's wasting time in the ring. It's everything is mental. Like what the sport is one of the most mental sports. It's probably the most mental sport in the world because you have to feel like you are in the fight and dominating the fight to be successful. You have to feel that. And once you start not feeling that, that's when things go south. I did want to talk about Dalton, right? I don't want to talk about Dalton Smith. Uh, I bet him 500K on the real uh, fake money real bets. Right. And I think when you start talking about Dalton Smith, as one of the best prospects in boxing. And I think to me, I think he is the best prospect in boxing. I mean, it, of course, it goes off what you think of prospect. I don't think Shakur Stevenson's a prospect anymore. I don't think Ryan is a prospect anymore. Uh, of the guys that are prospects, Dalton Smith's the best one, and he is Europe and England's best shot as a guy that's going to dominate the lower weight classes and be a world champ and be a problem for everyone. That's Dalton Smith. And they keep bringing him up the way they bring him up. This guy is fantastic. He needs to be watched. And I I know with Eddie Hearn behind him, we will, you know, you're going to see him. But I'm just saying that talking to American fans, look up Dalton Smith, pay attention to his career because he's coming and he's going to be a problem for everyone. This guy hits hard. He's athletic. He's got beautiful timing. He's got beautiful defense. He's got beautiful offense. He's got the full package he's a special special fighter and i don't feel like he has the hype he deserves and i'm gonna buy that stock early and i'm gonna use it like a cryptocurrency right i'm getting bitcoin at a thousand dollars and i'm hoping it gets to 60 and i'm hoping that that, uh you know eddie Hearn doesn't ruin it like elon musk you know i mean i'm just hoping he doesn't screw me over like that but dalton smith to me is he's he's the real deal and he's someone that you if you pay attention to now, but you will pay attention to later because he's gonna pop up and he will be a threat to everyone in his weight class and in lower weights and pound for pound I just think he's that I think he has that a capability. And I, I'm excited to see it he smoked them. But speaking of Dolph Smith and him me betting five hundred K on him uh this week, let's get to fake money real bets. And you know what? I broke my own rules this week. I broke my own rules, and I'm going to add another rule. First of all, let's get rid of parlays. Okay, parlays is the the foolish man's bet. They're trying to trick you into something, and this is my mistake for getting into it, right? This is my mistake. I put um, 10K on Dalton Smith, Danny Roman, Dariush Figueroa, right? Right there, I hit on all those. But I also put it on Matt now. And match now which I don't understand, why be long? You know what I mean, Snell? Like, match now, why be long? If you go only punch when a guy's about two inches away from you, why be long? Why have long arms? I wanted to have faith in your danger, but I should have saw the danger in putting my bet in your danger. I really should have. And that's my mistake. And I lost down to 86K. But I didn't. But really, what I lost, I was on ten k that I bet on the the parlay, and I'm out of the parlay business. Today, I am officially out of the parlay business. It's a crook scheme. I should be ten k. I should be ten k. Uh, I should have ten more k in my pocket than what I do because of that bet. But let's go over the bets I have. Dalton Smith over at Apple Yard. I told you, I looked at Apple Yard. I looked at Dalton Smith. Dalton Smith's the future. I put five hundred k. I only put five hundred k on people that I truly believe are you know top level. That minus three thousand, want me seventeen k. Danny Roman over Franco. I thought that was an easy fight to bet. Danny Roman. I know Franco was good in that fight. Competitive people are gonna be competitive in these fights. Doesn't mean, you know, just because you bet something doesn't mean that it's not gonna be at moments you feel a little shaky about it. But you gotta have faith in what you see. You know, that's what I saw. Danny Roman was better at Franco, even if it was tight early. Franco to stay at the level Danny Roman would take him more energy. Right? It would cause it. Would, he would have to make less mistakes than Danny Roman. Danny Roman was just a better fighter than Franco. And I knew if they fought in a uh, f- uh, forehead-to-forehead fight, Danny Roman would get off way more, land more effective punches. I bet 100K at minus 400 to win 25K. Told you, Now over Bon Toron. And Now just fought the stupidest strategy of a fight. He started good, but, you know, you got to pick your shots. You got your long right? You got to punch from a distance. You got to jab. You got to add elements. You could kick, you know, kick from a distance. You have all these things you think, but he doesn't do that. He's, you know why? Because he just hits the pads a lot. And the guy that hits the pads goes, one, two, one, two, one, two, two. And he punches like that. And that's why he fights. When he's got to go on shadow box, he's got to find his range. He's got to find his style. He's got to find shots that are beyond the basics. If you're just working, all you can do is a one, two, one, two, one, two, give me a three, four, three, four. Don't, that, that shouldn't be it. That shouldn't be it to of your style. You're a professional fighter. Find the elements that work for you. What makes you separate from everyone else? Don't fight like a guy out of a video game where I press ABAB a, B, and that's what you look like. You punch at everyone else. Okay, find what works for you. He has not found that yet. He's coming to his own as a fighter. So his confidence is there. But his ability and his dynamic, he hasn't made anything dynamic about his style. And then I bet Darius Shore Ferguson, which I thought you know it's a simple bet so what i should have did right is i should have eliminated Snell, and i should have went big on danny romano or franco and darius or ferguson i was scared this week i bet scared this week and that's why i'm only won 9k out of all those bets I only came up 9k still came up another week i'm in the green but if i told you the, the um you know the odds were not great this week but i i could have went all in on Danny Roman I could have went all in on Darius I should have I saw it I saw it but that's what we did as long as I'm in the green let's keep it going let's keep pushing the next week I'm at 1489 148 9k um, 489k and uh, we'll just keep pushing the next week we really will and it's I'm, I'm on a run here though like we have to acknowledge this and I I'm trying to get more viewers to listen to this but I'm on a run here, like I'm telling you, I'm breaking down these fights, I'm breaking down these bets and I'm letting you know how it's going to go down, and it's going down how I'm telling you it's going to go down so I don't know what I need to do to get this thing popping, because if anyone else was on the run that they are, I'm on right now you know what I mean, like people were picking Ferguson right, over Darius like, do you understand that, like MMA journalists were picking Ferguson, right, off of off of what they remembered and not actually looking at the fight, like I don't know are people studying these fights, I, I really don't know, but they, I to me that blows my mind. It really does, it really does. And I just nailed it with like the Figueroa one. So I, I don't want to get arrogant here. I want to get confident. You know what I mean? I'm do you know? There's gonna be a bad weeks, right? But the run I'm on right now, it's rare. I just want you guys to enjoy it. And I just want to make sure I keep winning money for you guys in bets. All right, this has been the Mouthpiece Podcast.